Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we are discussing Dutch Sheets' book, Intercessory Prayer, and we're starting now on a new chapter, chapter six, which he titles No Trespassing. Now, in this chapter, he is going to discuss prayers of protection. But before we deal with that, we want to tackle the issue of the difference between God's moral will and God's providential will. So in his book on page 90, here's what he says. Many Christians believe that protection from accidents, destruction, satanic traps, and assaults, etc. is automatic for the Christian, that we do nothing to cause it, that it is based on the sovereignty of God alone. In other words, when God wants to protect us from these things, he does, and when he chooses not to, he allows them to happen. Going on to the next paragraph here, this belief simply means that whether or not we are delivered from destructive things is based entirely on God, not on us. Those who adhere to this teaching usually believe nothing can happen to a Christian that is not allowed by God. Okay, we'll stop right there. How would you respond to that? I'll tell you how I responded when I took notes in the margin of my book. Okay. Bad theology. Right. And... This bad theology comes from choosing parts of what the Bible says and ignoring all the other parts. Exactly. Okay. And this is particularly true in this section right here. Yeah. So much counter evidence in the Bible to his claims, including in some of the most important parts of the whole Bible, including early in the book of Acts, including the crucifixion of Christ, in his resurrection, including the hope of the gospel and prayers that are given in Luke Acts, two-volume work. And if you just ignore a whole bunch of the Bible, you come up with this theology that he's expressing, which amounts to Manichaean dualism. All right, let's define that. That, well, Manny was a false teacher from the early centuries, and his ideas are still out there, that good and evil are two different competing principles in the universe. Okay. That the evil would be in this sort of theology here, Satan's in charge of, and the good is the part God's in charge of. And their version in the old way back when was Gnostic, but if we get, it sort of is here too. If we get the right knowledge, say the right words, pray the right prayer, the good will prevail. Okay. But if we don't, the evil will prevail. And this perpetual battle just keeps going on until enough enlightened people get on the side of the good. Okay. So that's dualism. Yes. Now, what we need to understand is that that is heretical, and it's not taught by Christ and his apostles, nor is it taught in the Old Testament. Okay. So I wrote an article about this um, called Providence and Promise, How God Rules the Universe for the Good of His People. And that's uh, Critical Issues Commentary Issue 113 from 2009. 
There's so much that people just don't know because they've only heard part of the Bible. Right. And, and and a lot of it, too, it appeals to kind of our very human view of fairness or 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 even innocence. Well, you know, if God's in control, why do bad things happen to good people? We have to look at these things biblically, not based on our own emotions. Well, that's one of the oldest questions ever asked. Yes. Some have said that the book of Job is probably the oldest literature in the Bible. Right. Well, that question comes in that book, the book of Job. Yeah. And the answer wasn't as many people would think it is. Right. And Job's comforters thought they were right, but they weren't. Yep. Job was unsure about what was right, and they didn't know much until God came on the scene and spoke. Yes. Well, let's start from that point. Okay. We wouldn't even have a, a clue how to start answering such questions had God not spoken. Right. The debate between Job and his comforters would be going on and on and on. Yes. Now, what happened in Job? Well, Satan had to ask permission from God. Yep. Job 1.6. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't fit anything that Dutch Sheets is teaching here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I mean, it's just so ridiculous, but honestly, this is how people think. He says here on page 90, they, that being people like us, they believe that God is in control of everything that happens on earth. And I wrote in the margin, he says that like it's a bad thing. Then he goes on to say that God is not directly in control of everything that takes place on earth can be seen in the simple facts. And then he goes on to say, you know, God would not desire that the innocent suffer. God would never will murder, pillage, racial genocide, and, and so on and so on. Oh. You know, the boys and I have been studying through Joshua and now going into Judges in our Bible study. Yeah. God willed entire people groups to be wiped out as Israel came into the land. He commanded it, them to. I know. The sort of thinking that is expressed by Dutch Sheets is what leads future generations to just reject Christianity or go to uh, dualism or really emergent. Yep. And entheism. Mm-hmm. Evil is evol- eventually going to evolve away and everything will become one. Right. Now, this what he says here is a direct assault against what Jesus said. Okay. Okay. God willed that Jesus would go and suffer and be rejected. Right. That he would is prophesied in the book of Luke when the Holy Spirit comes upon different people. Yes. Okay. And the travel narrative in Luke starts with Luke 951. It goes to the triumph or the, uh, the entry. It's called triumphal entry. But in Luke, it's an entry to be rejected. Yes. And what happens, um, Peter tries to stop him. Right. Rebuke for doing it. Mm-hmm. And so the suffering is willed by God. Right. Now, um, he would never desire that the inner would suffer. Now, they get confused categories. 
Right. There's a pretty famous quote on that. And I think it was R.C. Sproul that says, would God ever will that the innocent suffer? Well, that's only happened once and he volunteered for it. Right. That correct. being Jesus, of course. Yeah. The first answer is no one is innocent. Right. Last week when I was preaching, I preached on the real problem is being in Adam. Yes. In Adam, all die. Okay. Human race is in Adam, from God, and deserving death. Right. And the only way out is through the last Adam, Jesus Christ, the virgin-born Son of God, fully human and fully God, who died for sins, the just for the unjust. So the only innocent one is Christ. Right. And he suffered on behalf of the guilty who would turn to him. Right. And the wages of sin is death. He died. His shed blood is a substitution for those who deserve to die and who eventually trusted him, believers, and he was raised unto dead. That was what's preached in early in Acts. Okay. And what refutes what Dutch Sheets and the New Apostolic Reformation and most of pop evangelicalism believes is clearly laid out at the beginning of Acts. Okay. So, so I cite that in my article, and it's in Acts 2.23 and elsewhere. Now, there's one. In, there's really two important categories that you lay out in your article that yeah. listeners need to have in mind as we're discussing that, and that's God's moral will and God's providential will. Can you just give us a quick overview of the difference between those two? Okay. God's moral will is laid out concerning what God approves of and what God forbids, what's evil. Okay. Okay. God's providential will is what these all things statements are about in the Bible. Okay. This issue 113 Providence and Promise, proves this thesis from Scripture by looking at all these passages that say all things. Okay. Are these all things statements literal or not? Yes, they are. If they're literal, then we we got to deal with it. What Dutch Sheets and his New Apostolic Reformation buddies do is ignore it. Okay. Use to deal with what's taught in the Bible. Now, let me just quote one right here about Christ. Okay. Okay. Hebrews, Hebrews 1 3. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Okay. now, these all things statement come out, come through, throughout the Bible. Yes. They're in Ephesians. They're in Romans. They're in Romans 8. So in this article, I go through those. Okay. And show that the apostles meant these to be taken literally. Yes. Romans 8, it lists the all things. Things present, things future, the hostile powers things to come, everything. Okay. Right? And the point of God upholding all things 
by the word of his power is that he may ultimately conform us to his image, that is, believers. Okay. Nothing would separate us from the love of God. So God's providential will is that all things are working toward his being glorified by saving a people through his glorious son who created all things. Right. So the theology that we should get from this is that God does allow evil. Yes. God uses evil. God overcomes evil for a greater good that would have been had evil never existed. Right. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> yep. I, I debated an open theist. And by the way, most uh, versions of popular evangelicalism just live with inconsistencies, uh, truncated theology, only part of the Bible's ever taught. And what doesn't work with the whole counsel of God, they, they don't care. Right. Now, some people who don't want to believe what the Bible says on this, and they're very, very smart, create their own theology so they can do it without being inconsistent. Okay. So sheets are just inconsistent. I, this, uh, I, I got to at least try. Yes. How can you say, well, this is the way it is. Well, what about all these counterexamples from Genesis to Revelation? So, well, yeah. I mean, he makes it really clear here. He comes right out and says it. Uh, page 91, whether or not God directly controls every event in the life of a Christian can be answered by stating that the basic laws of sowing and reaping cause and effect, individual responsibility and free will aren't negated when we come to Christ. Now, he's not referring to something in Scripture there. He's just... It, it's just well, basic uh, human assumptions. I, I, I see Job's comforters have someone else added to their to their uh, uh, group. Right. Jeez. Another yeah. one of Job's comforters. Okay. He doesn't say that if you're suffering, you deserve it. But that's what it ends up being. Right. Somebody made bad choices. Yep. Now. And now to be fair. We need to be good stewards. We need to make wise decisions. We, we, we need, we can't just be foolish because of God's sovereignty. But when God allows something in our life, it's for our good. And we're all smart enough to realize, well, I was the one driving my car without a seatbelt on, and then I was severely injured in a car accident. How, how would you clarify that a little bit? Well, that this is dealt with throughout the Bible. And if we read the whole counsel of God, we'd already have an answer. Okay. Joseph. Yes. Think about Joseph. How who has been treated much worse than Joseph was? Right. I, it, it was I, terrible. Yeah. He was rejected. He was lied about. They they were jealous of him. They threw him in a pit. He was sold into slavery. He ended up in Potiphar's wife lied about him. He ended up in jail. His brother mm -hmm. hated him. The guy in jail is supposed to remember him, but he didn't. Yeah. Mistreated, mistreated, mistreated. He ends up in a place where ultimately God used him to, to use his own words to save many people alive. Yes. This is in my article. Okay. 
He says, don't be angry with yourselves. God, they sold him out. And, right. and when he, he was there providing for them, he had to go hide so he wouldn't cry in their presence. Then he find out who he was. Yeah. They didn't even know who it was, the one they hated and rejected. And he said, God meant it for good. Yep. And the same is found in the book of Job. The same is found in Acts. The same is found in the ultimate innocent suffering one. The only truly innocent sufferer is Messiah. Yes. Because he's sinless. Yep. Okay. So to look at, he says, whoever, he would never decide a person should be raped or abused. Well, again, that's not, that sort of category. God doesn't decide that his moral will should be right. rebel against. Mm -hmm. It's always guilty to do it. Yep. It allows it for a greater good. That's clearly taught. Yep. Or you can just say, oh, I don't care. I don't want to hear that. It doesn't seem right. And you'll end up with Manichaean dualism, moral government theory, the atonement. Everybody gets what they deserve. If you're comforted by getting what you deserve, I wouldn't find comfort in that. Right. Um, dear listeners, do we deserve all good things to happen to us, or do we need mercy and forgiveness? Right. We need mercy and forgiveness. We need to realize that before we came to Christ, God was being merciful no matter how much evil we did, I did before I came to Christ, God still allowed me to breathe his air. Yeah. To make money, to buy things, to drive a car, to do whatever I did. But mercifully, he intervened and I found out I needed a savior. Amen. And that shows another thing wrong with this. Okay. Books. And I've gone back over some of the material we've done refuting the New Apostolic Reformation. It is temporal-minded. Yes. It's, it's focused on what happens now in this life, whether it's favorable or unfavorable. Okay. Good outcome. Right. Good outcomes. So we got to build this wall. We've got to say these prayers. We've got to get these revelations. we got to do it a certain way. And... Therefore, we stave off the bad things. Now, the people going to these kind of meetings are thinking, well, I had all these bad things, so I don't know what to do, so I better figure this out. And the people just portray themselves as being above it all. Yeah. But it's not true. It doesn't. They have just as many sorrows as anybody else, but you won't find out about that most of the time. And even if you get the good outcome. Mm-hmm. It's only focused on this life. What if you do not have forgiveness of sins? Then none of the rest of it matters. It, that's clear in the teachings of Jesus. Yes. And there are parables about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now who knows? Well, I'll build more barns. Every good thing happened to me. Right. I wish people would. Uh, this is a good challenge. I, I, I issue it all the time. Read Luke Acts. It's a two-volume book by one Holy Spirit-inspired author, Luke, who was a traveling companion to Paul. 
And if you read it and you see the themes, how the Holy Spirit comes upon people and they speak the truth and how Jesus is going to be rejected and all the things that happen in Luke Acts, you'll get a totally different theology than you ever got from Dutch sheets. Right. And so the rich man who has everything, soon his soul is required and he, thou fool, now who's going to have all these things? Yes. So don't listen to people telling you the only thing that matters is the outcome right here, right now, how my life is going. Okay, so then looking back at Dutch Sheets' book, back to page 91, he goes on to say, all promises from God are attached to conditions, governing principles. Most, if not all, of these conditions involve responsibility on our part. Protection is no exception. Okay, what is he referring to governing principles? <laughs> well, the governing principle that we know he teaches throughout his book is uh, we do our part. Yes. His part. Yeah. He's waiting for us to do our part. And so the governing principles, you know, binding and loosing and knowing what's going on in the heavenlies, which we don't know. Right. Okay. Uh, figuring out what Satan's schemes are, figure in in detail, and so on and so forth. You're going to, uh, or the, the idea of free will. Okay, so if you didn't make the right decisions, you're getting what you deserve. So if you want something better, you better figure out how to make better decisions and find out what's causing the problem and thwart that and then go into the heavenlies, not counting on Jesus who's interceding for us, Hebrews 4.16, the Holy Spirit who's interceding for us, Romans chapter 8, who intercedes according to the will of God, who is God the Spirit. But we got to figure out the principles. Right. You might as well just excise Romans 8 out of the entire Bible if you're going to believe Dutch sheets. Right. He doesn't even try to address the obvious problem. Okay. He doesn't address Joseph and his brothers in Joseph's statement. He doesn't address um, what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. This man delivered over by the predetermined purpose of God. He doesn't address the the other statements in the Bible. And this is malpractice. Amen. It is. Theological malpractice. And the only reason he can get by with this is that many, many, many evangelicals have never heard people preach through Scripture carefully and, and, ta- and taught through it verse by verse by verse by verse without skipping things. Yes. And so you skip, 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 and you end up with a word of faith. Okay. Your own healing. And so, um, so much of this, all of the conditions of responsibility in our part, that's exactly what Job's comforters said to him. Exactly. And when God showed up and spoke in Job, did he say, well, Job, you shouldn't listen to your friends here? No, he rebuked them. Yeah. And even Job. And yes. what if Job's response? I've said too much. I should have listened. Right. Okay. So the Bible isn't teaching this. What does this he say here? And the majority are greatly offended if anything is taught 
implying that a failure to receive protection, provision, healing, and answer to prayer or anything else from God could be our fault. So there you are. If your life doesn't go how you hoped, it's your fault. Wow. Um, how do people find comfort in that? Well, let me confess. When I was a young person in my 20s, and I was taken in by this, I'm passionate about it because I saw the harm that was done when I believed it. Okay. I taught from this perspective. I We lived in a community that was based on this idea, finding what demon, demon was causing what, what bad thing caused what and so on. And for a while, I before that, I even believed the Kenneth Hagin stuff until okay. I caught him um, in his duplicity, claiming at one point he got it from E.W. Kenyon, and then later he got it directly from God in heaven. Okay. Word of faith doctrine. So when you're young and you're healthy and you're motivated and you're doing all these things, well, this sounds great. But you know what? The people I know who spent their lives in that and didn't get out of it, they get old and they get confused and they don't know what's going on. I've heard from some. Yes. What's happening? What happened to me? Okay. We are not focusing on what the Bible talks about, which is forgiveness of sins, conformity to the image of Christ, the hope of eternal life, and the eternal perspective. So here's the challenge. Read. Luke Acts. I don't care how long it takes. Start with Luke. Read all the way through to the end of Acts. By the way, there's no Acts 29. <laughs> yeah. Anybody says there is. And what's the point? The point okay. is forgiveness of sins, repentance, and the fact that God is keeping his plan and purpose that the gospel should go to the ends of the earth. All right. And that's where we're going to pick up next week. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis and Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.